The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to another very special bonus episode of the Real Blend Podcast. Um, a podcast that is still down two soldiers, um, and we look like we're in the same clothes in the exact same places because yes, we just finished recording Wednesday. It, show. it almost feels like we are. It's pretty magical movie making over here. We're just doing our little our part of uh, movie magic over here. But it's uh, it's myself, your producer. Gabe Kovach filling in for Sean, who is still under the weather. It's mere minutes away from the last time you heard from me. <laughs> yeah, he's still got even five. He was sick five minutes ago. How long is he going to milk this cow? Uh, but with me is, of course, Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Uh, Jake, I know how you're doing because we've been hanging out for about an hour now. But how you doing? Doing great, baby. You know what? We always joke that um, Gabe, Gabe and I are usually the, the, the first two to log on the show. We start show. recording and we call the show before the show. But now... Yeah. It's the show. It's the show. It's well, just the show. You maybe we should start selling this show on the premium. Just the show <gasps> before the show. Maybe we should start our own thing. They're not here. Let's break away. And in, in six years, when it's just you and me, we go. <laughs> Remember that time when we used to have two other people on the show? Yeah, but they have their own show and it's bigger, and we're just upset. Yeah. Yeah. And then before that, when we were an awards podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have to say that every time. Uh, yes. So if you if you somehow didn't tune in to the the episode that dropped on Wednesday. What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, Sir Ridley Scott returned to the show. Go check it out. Stop what you're doing right now. Go listen to that. Come join us. You'll get all more, much more context than we're about to give you. But yes. We show a lot of things we're not going to say again. This is true. Sean is under the weather. We wish him well. He did try to be here. He's a trooper. Um, But hopefully by the time you're hearing this, he's right as rain. Send him love on socials. Uh, Kevin is traveling. It's a holiday week. So travel, sickness, tight little window to fit stuff in um, so that people can enjoy their families. What a novel thing. Um, so thank you to Jake for joining me. Um, and today's it would have been, it would have been uh, a little awkward to have you host the, the show about the junket that you weren't able to go yeah, to. I, I was like, I, what am I just gonna be like, Hey guys, just, gonna be, you I, going, I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I might have just, I, I might have just published the interviews. We should be like, you know what? <laughs> they need no introduction. Um, no. Yeah. So, so we already discussed Ridley. Like I said, go back and check that out. Um, I will quickly go through our housekeeping. We are, of course, the Roblin podcast available wherever you get your fine podcasts, including YouTube. Um, so if you're listening to us and you want to see what we look like, uh, feel free at youtube.com slash podcast. And if you want to get the show ad free on those audio players, uh, you can check the description for our premium subscription feed. You'll get the show ad free and you'll get a biweekly newsletter from one Sean O'Connell. Um, that's the rigmarole. Jake, I know you're doing well. We have Joaquin Phoenix here today. Is there anything you want to tell the folks before they jump in to this interview? Well, you know, you said it perfectly in the last episode. I'm just going to kind of rehash that, which is sure. that our very first time we had Joaquin on the show, uh, we were nervous I think to a certain degree, obviously differently uh, and for different reasons, he was nervous. She's walking into a room 
with three guys with microphones, four guys, you were there too, yeah. four guys with microphones. Just a table in a hotel yeah, room. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't really know what our vibe was, what kind of questions we were gonna ask. Um, and by the end of that half hour, I'd like to say that like he was very happy with how it all turned out. And we've, we famously tell the story where he, he walked out of the room, ran into Todd Phillips and said, dude, you gotta do, the, you gotta do their show, they're, they're great. Um, so I feel like we earned a certain degree of, of trust with him and, and his team. And whenever we sort of reminded, when, you know, when, when the actor strike ended and we found out that Joaquin was going to be doing some but very, very, very little press uh, for Napoleon, obviously we threw our hat in the ring. Never really thought much would come of it other than to say, listen, if this helps our case at all, he's been on the show before and we're pretty sure he had a great time. Um, and it really wasn't that long, Gabe. You would probably know better. It wasn't that long before we got a like, okay, you guys are in. It felt super um, quickly. Yeah, that was yeah. all kind of a rush. Like once once it ended, but it felt like it, it was the same week. Like I think it yeah. ended on a Thursday. We might have known by like Friday or that weekend. Yeah, that, that um, he was getting at it. So and you know he was the, our first interview of the day. We got there and we're kind of very quickly sort of thrown into it. He was in the room waiting for us uh, when we got there, and instantly like it was so funny. I was telling the guys after just the way. He like greeted us and shook our hands was almost it was so night and day compared to that first time that it, it felt very much like we picked right up where we left off in the last one in the sense that we worked and we worked so hard in that first interview to get him to a place of comfort and a place of respect and letting him know these are the types of questions we ask. We're not the sort of podcast that is going to come after you in any way. All we want to do is appreciate movies the same way you do and he yeah. left on a really good note and it almost felt like he walked out and walked right back in because he was instantly shaking our hands looking us in the eyes hey man guys come on in sit down sit down and you know we, it was so comfortable that and i'm not sure how much of the audio we're going to use in this but like we were all kind of just shooting the shit oh yeah before we're gonna we that. turned around and realized wait are we rolling and he even yeah, said, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, I thought I thought this is just sort of what the what the what the interview was going to be. Like that's sort of how comfortable it was that we probably lost five minutes of the interview, if I'm being honest. Um, just <laughs> just because we were all just sort of shooting the shit about hanging out in Ridley Scott and, and it's Chuck Taylors and and being in Paris and and you don't get that with someone who doesn't want to do your podcast or who doesn't want to be there. Um, yeah. And and I th honestly do think question for question, answer for answer, that it's a better interview than we got." for Joker. There are so many aspects about Joker that were flashier just because we weren't expecting to get him and we weren't expecting it to go as well as it did and we weren't expecting it to transition the way that it did. But honestly, I just think the substance of this interview is genuinely better than the, than the Joker interview. I can second that. I think it is a fantastic interview that we are about to throw to. Uh, there's not much more I can do to hype it up. So I will go ahead and let the folks check out the return of Walking Phoenix on the podcast uh and i'll do let the boys in france in the past take it away i think we're okay they're good yeah, we're just, so just happy oh, to be here yeah yeah guys uh i don't know if you know this but it's uh it's a podcast it's a <laughs> <laughs> what, what's what's up why, why, you why, are, you you, why are you making me feel like this uh, we got to talk to sir ridley on camera so, yeah yeah oh really he's yeah. making us dress yeah. up yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'd much rather be like yeah. in casual clothes. Yeah, yeah. and he does, he has an eye, and he will say like that's that's not appropriate. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We don't want to earn his scorn. I both do and don't want to be called out by Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah, I kind yeah, of like it's that. 
Yeah. It can be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's 86 years old. It's unbelievable. Doesn't look it. Yeah. No, he does not. No. And it's not in the least bit. No. Just like watching this movie last night, there's a part of me that just goes like, how? It just exhausts, like the yeah. idea of directing something like this. I'm 35. At 35, exhaust me, much less. Yeah. Him in his 80s is fucking incredible. Yeah. Are we rolling? Oh, we're rolling. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, let's yeah, go. Let's go. go. This is how I, th I thought you guys, I was like, this is very smooth how they just transitioned right <laughs> in. Said, wow, I thought it was going to be an official stuff, but now they just cruise right Jump in. Jump right into it. <laughs> uh, Joaquin, first of all, dude, thank you for coming back to the show, man. We appreciate your time. Uh, I'm going to jump into this. Ridley told a great story a while back. It's not true. <laughs> well, I just know it's not true. I'm curious to see. You can correct him. Uh, he said about two weeks before you guys started filming that you approached him and said, I haven't figured out how I'm going to crack this character. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did. But I, I know. I don't know if I did two weeks before. Mm -hmm. I know that I, I probably said that every day leading up to filming mm -hmm. from three months in advance um, and probably continued throughout production. Um, so I don't remember specifically like two weeks before, um, remember we dug in in earnest into the screenplay, I think three months in in advance. Um, but I don't remember that precise moment, but it's a great story well, the, and the it's I, traveled well. The, the reason I was curious is I'm just sort of curious is like, usually how long before you guys hear action for the first time, have you got the character figure? Are you still figuring it out? Even I first never do. Really? Really? Yeah, I mean, well, well, I don't even know what that means. Figuring it out? Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, y you know, there maybe are, it might mean I'm just a bad actor, but I'll accept that. Uh, I feel like there are some actors that maybe do have everything figured out in advance. Um, I think maybe it's my nature. Maybe it's a product of some of the characters that I've played. Um, I'm not really sure. And certainly as I've gotten older, I'm more comfortable with um, through going through a, a process in which it reveals itself to me more mm -hmm. um, and not having to have those answers. Because I think in the past, what I found was I made decisions and uh, I was forceful and stuck to them in a way that I didn't think really worked for, for me and for like a creative process. Mm -hmm. It felt too rigid. Um, I think there's, you know, conversely, there's, you can be lazy and, 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 and not do the work and find yourself in a situation where you don't have any answers. I think I like to have uh, several possibilities of where I could go with the scene um, and not really decide in advance because some of it's just practical, right? You, you, you're just, you have a script and you imagine what um, the interior of a room may be and what the other actors are what how are they going to perform their part and then you get there and everything's fucking different okay. you know and um and so that just feels like okay well let me just have a few different options of how this could go hmm. um and then i usually i don't know i don't even i hope i don't even make a decision sometimes when i when i make a decision in a scene and there are times where i've gone like oh, okay wait a minute, i think i cracked this i figured this out and they go that's pretty fucking good yeah. Yeah. You're pretty smart. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then it's always terrible. <laughs> like I try it, I try it really without fail. And I think the only time things work for me are when um, it just it 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 guides me. Um, I know I don't, that seems like an 
uh, not a sa- satisfactory response, but no, it's no, really it actually, true. It leads me right into what I wanted to get into next, because one of the aspects about Napoleon that I did not expect at all and loved was his playfulness yeah. in this movie. And some of the decisions you make to just sometimes make goofy noises as you're doing it. And I love that when you go underneath the table and crawl towards Vanessa. <laughs> no, um, so that can't be something that you learned about him in your research. Is that a choice is, that you made? Is it really? It is. is it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing I was really surprised um, by... I guess I I didn't know much about him, yeah. but I think you, know, you assume that he's uh, cold and calculating. Um, and what I discovered was um, he was a prankster, and he's very immature. Um, he's really like a teenager. Um, you know, I think it's a Arrested Development in some ways, right? He was really advanced um, with some things, right? He excelled at mathematics, mm-hmm. but. He was very socially awkward. Um, he didn't know how to talk to, to women. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that um, he says when he first met Josephine, she, um, she didn't mock him, which I think a lot of uh, women had. And she asked him questions about his military campaigns and seemed to be genuinely impressed with what he'd achieved. And he was so shocked that a woman had interest in him, that he just like instantly fell in love. And I think there was, there was some, uh, the implication was that he lost his virginity to a prostitute well in advanced age. Um, So he kind of like, he was basically just like the first girl that was like, hey, you seem cool. He was like, I love you. We've all been there. We've all experienced that. But so there was this side of him that was just, very, um, yeah, very playful and used to joke around all the time. And he didn't understand that you shouldn't stand very close to people or pinch their ears or cheeks really hard. Right. Um, right. So he was just always playing around. And I, I was really surprised by that. So we try to get that in as much as possible. Yeah. And, you know, that that scene was um, at the dinner table or the breakfast table was just kind of... Um, it was like a, just an expository scene, just like with information. And um, and then it seemed like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity just to to show um, that he just is like just a ruffian. <laughs> and he was just going to climb under the table. Yeah. Um, so we, I think we were always hoping and looking for those opportunities to present themselves. But it wasn't until, again, that morning... You know, I imagine what the the scene could could be, and then um, I thought, what what can we do? Is there something we can do with this scene? Right, right. And then it got there, and the, it just like seemed obvious, like yeah. oh, I can just crawl. Which goes back it. to your point of like just kind of figuring it out on the day. Yeah. It's so fun. He's like, he's a good kid, basically. Yeah. He's a good kid. Yeah, I, I always a horny kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's also research. I mean, they said the the research that that I read was that he was um that he was very passionate but selfish, okay, yeah. and so. This is how I interpreted it. Not a lover. You know, one thing I find interesting about acting are the little details about a character, the way you carry yourself, maybe the way a character breathes, the way a character delivers dialogue, the facial expressions. But then sometimes a thing like a hat can give you so much access 
to somebody. And I find that fascinating because throughout the film, I mean, I hope you don't find this as a joke. I think the hat's almost like a leading character in the film in a way. Speaking of the playfulness, when he goes back to get it at one point or whatever. But when you have something like that as an actor, what access does that give you into the person? And do you view the hat almost like a character in that way, like I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... There are um, certainly the all of the the costumes were really important. He he's interesting because he he was very aware of presentation and he thought that it was important to present a certain image um, to to the people. But he was very simple. Like his preference was to dress very simply. So he would dress simply in his private life, but he would say, "When in public, you should be magnificent." But what he would do is he wanted to be like just in his. Um, like in his military uniform, like all the time. And so he would make his um, his marshals dress up. Uh, he designed clothes. Like when he became first consul, like the first thing that he did was make like these really extravagant costumes for his marshals. But he just wanted to remain in his military um, uniform. But his hat was like, and you're right, that it like to him, it was like his best friend. And he said... He was very private about his strategy. And he said, I would never tell my plans to my hat, which is saying I wouldn't tell my best friend even my plans. Like, so there was something about his hat that he just absolutely loved. Um, it was a really big, big part of him. But I think that you're right, that it was like this, uh, this leading character to, to him. It was, it was his best friend. That's really it which adds more weight to the moment where the hat gets shot. Like the hat just got it. Yeah. What just happened? This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Uh, there aren't that many directors in your filmography that you've worked with more than once. Obviously, we can now add Sir Ridley to it, but you have M. Night Shyamalan and Paul Thomas Anderson, obviously Todd Phillips now. I'm sure they're curious, what does a director have to have? Like, do they have a through line, a constant that all of them, some sort of trait that makes you go, if a director has this, uh, I'll work with them again. They have to ask me again. <laughs> that's it? That's, that's, that's the bare minimum? I was thinking like, Ridley's made like 23 movies or some shit since I worked with him. And they've been there, like the, 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 the characters in his film have just been like heroic and great people. And then he's got like this petite, petulant tyrant. <laughs> he goes, I got the guy. Finally time. Whack. <laughs> you got seven hours to make a decision. It's you, I'm giving it to someone else. <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, and, uh, but no, I mean, Ridley is the, 
Honestly, if you if you work in the business, I think really in any capacity, and Ridley calls you and wants you to participate in a project with them, you just fucking do it. Um, he, uh, I, I adore him. And when we first worked together on Gladiator, you know, I, I was so green. I, I'd, I'd, you know, obviously been acting since I was a kid. I'd never been a part of like a major production. And when I arrived on set for Gladiator, I mean, honestly, I, I, I was like so sick. I was shaking. I couldn't believe the size of the location and just how many trucks there were. And I was fucking terrified, like really, truly terrified. Um, and I couldn't do I mean, the, the first scene, uh, I was literally visibly shaking and I couldn't get through the, the dialogue. My, my voice was like quivering. And he kept, it was just take after take after take. And I can't remember how many takes we did. It's just, I mean, for hours, right? And um, at the end, I've told the story before, but I'm telling you again just to illustrate, but at the, at the end of the movie, um, he said, do you know that I, I didn't have any film in the camera until, oh, no until like the last five takes? And uh, he basically was just going, like he knew that it wouldn't be helpful to me to just say like, let's rehearse it. He had to make me feel as if we were actually filming um, and he was asking the crew to keep doing this shot over and over, but he knew it was the only way for me to like get to this place of feeling comfortable. And uh, I was, just was so am amazed by by that. And, and it was really smart. He kind of figured me out. It was the only way to like get me to be comfortable. And then from that moment on, um, I really felt you know, he did the thing that's really important that a director should do, especially with a young actor, is empower them. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel that they have an understanding of the character and an emotional intelligence, then you empower them to kind of find something and, and help be a part of that creativity. And he did that for me and really encouraged me to, um, to define that, that character. And so I've always remembered working with him fondly, um, particularly as I got older and I realized what was at stake, that what was at stake for him personally as a director, the size of that film. You know, Russell, while he, everybody knew he was a movie star, I don't think he, he, that was the movie that really made him bankable, right? So he really taken on all these risks, I mean, getting Russell, but really hiring me and Connie Nielsen um, I think were you know two casting choices that probably weren't um, you know popular at the at the time, and he really risked so much. And so, I, looking back, like wow, I, you know, I, I appreciated him at the time, but like a kid that doesn't know what the fuck is at stake, but is just having a good time. And as I got older, I realized what he did. And I have such appreciation and respect for him. Um, so I, I, you know, the opportunity to, to work with him again, and, and I know that he can pivot this massive production. If you, if you're on set, if you knew the size of this, it's like this little village. And, um, we would arrive sometimes. I remember arriving for the for the to shoot the um, the coup, and originally he'd the way that he designed it, he you know he'd set up all of these shots, and, and then we started talking about you know looking at the research and talking about the scene, and and suddenly he just goes, wait a minute, 
I was like, what if we start in this room? And then he suddenly has just like completely switched the blocking. And we started in one room, coming to the main room. And then I was like, and the soldiers were outside. And then we go outside. And he just like set up eight cameras in three different rooms. And so we shot the entire thing. I mean, it was like a seven minute sequence or something, yeah. all just like in one take. There were multiple cameras, but it went. And I, I just, I sat there after it, I said, I don't, I just don't know how somebody does that and pivots so quickly and on such a massive scale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, if you, if you work in film, if you get the opportunity to work with really Scott, you'd fucking take it. Yeah. He hasn't asked us. <laughs> Before they're kicking us out, we have to ask about this, the scene on the stairs um, where you come running and, and go falling down the stairs. Um, it was one take essentially coming across. Is it intentional? Was it planned? Is it something that happened? The, the fall? Yeah. Yes, it was. Well, I had planned it. It happens yeah. in a water. Um, yeah. Uh, but planned, uh, my hope was to fall down the stairs because that's what happened. Sure. Um, but I didn't really know how uh, that was, that was going to happen. I, I, you know, we didn't um, we didn't work with um, stunts to figure something out. And in fact, you know, because they, you know, understandably they wanted to do it in like a separate take in a separate piece. Um, but I I told the cameraman I said just you know I I may go down. I didn't know right. I didn't I didn't want to do a, a fake trip. So I said, look, we'll go down and maybe it'll happen or not and be prepared. But um, I think it's still like the camera slightly does, but doesn't quite catch it, right? It's not. It's you not fall like, out of frame. Yeah. And, and it, it looks so good that it up. made me pause and go like, did yeah. I mean to fucking do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, like that's, a, which is a testament to. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but I certainly didn't, um, I, I didn't like, plant my right foot and turn it fall. Like I just jumped and luckily, I mean, I, it's like I went, blah, 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 right. Skidded yeah. down. Yeah. That was just, um, that was just luck. And, um, yeah, that was a great, I think part of it is because it's all this part of this sequence. You're not thinking about this one moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, I spent most of the time just going, what the fuck am I going to say when I'm up, up here? I'm screaming. What am I, what am I saying? I was kind of using a bunch of different um, bits of dialogue that I had. And then these guys are pulling me off. Am I going over the rail? Am I going through it? I don't really know because we haven't figured it out. So there are so many things uh, that are happening that you're not just thinking about, like, am I going to fall in this moment? Um, and so then it just feels like alive and kinetic and out of your control, which it should be. Yeah. You know? that, I just, the 11 cameras real quick on the action sequences, when you actually step in to do those scenes and you have people dressed up in uniforms, carrying cameras, how does that affect you as an actor knowing that those, that there are people dressed in uniforms, carrying cameras in an action I don't even scene? think about them. Wow. I mean, I think that's why, that's why it's, um, genius what really does because honestly um it might have even been like after shooting the sequence uh looking at the monitors with ridley and going well, how how do you have that close-up how's there how's the camera right there because we had you know it's 50 extras or, or something right and you yeah I, I come in and, and screaming and they're they're pulling me off of 
off of this raised platform, your adrenaline starts starts racing, right? It's like part of your your brain thinks that it's really happening, right? So this yeah. adrenaline starts going, and I don't think that I was really aware of of some of those cameras. Incredible. That's incredible. Dude, this is always a big deal for us. So seriously, oh, thank you for taking the time, man. We guys, appreciate you. Thank you for always being so cool. Dude. Seriously, no, thank you. Congratulations. So much. Thank you so and much. You guys look sharp. Really going to appreciate that. Oh, we appreciate yeah. it. And we are back for the second time this week, Jake. You and I were back from an amazing interview, this time Walking Phoenix. Um, I love that interview. I think you guys crushed it. Um, I think he crushed it. Thank you all for listening. Sorry there was no video. That's just sometimes sometimes people don't want to be on video, and that just is what it is. Uh, your guarantee, I said, we'll take it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the options are Joaquin, no video, or no Joaquin, you take Joaquin, no video. Yeah, I'll just take it. I'll take it. So so thank you for listening. Here's what I can honestly tell you. Listening. He looked great. Like, he looked happy. He looked healthy. Um, we know Rooney was there. We saw Rooney at the premiere. Nice. His fam, so his family was able to travel with him. He looks like he's doing great. And I can honestly genuinely tell you, he smiled a lot in the interview. It's sad. You could hear it through the, through the audio. It yeah. felt like a really good hang. Um, and I had time. For you, in the room, leaving that, um, did you get him before? You had him before. No. Really? Uh, we, here's the thing. Um, and I don't know how much of the behind the scenes I, I'm, I'm going to bring. Well, I'm just going to tell you. Um, sure. We were given permission by Joaquin's team. And we didn't know this at the time mm -hmm. uh, to keep the interview going. To keep it going because Joaquin was having a good time. We Fantastic. were told that we were told after that Joaquin's team said, uh, "Just keep it going, just keep it going." Beautiful. Um, and the only reason that they wrapped us was because, and this is just the most champagne of problems you could possibly <laughs> have. The only reason we got wrapped when we did because who's who knows? I mean, we all had ten thousand more questions. Yeah, uh, was yeah. because Ridley Scott was waiting for us in the next room. That's fantastic. So we literally got pulled out of one yeah, room and you guys the were, other. You were the prima donnas with the, with the hard out. That's exactly out. right. We had the hard out. Ridley, yeah. was, Ridley was ready to go. Ridley, you know, That's awesome. Um, and, and he was in a great mood. He was in great spirits. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because we, we knew uh, going into Paris that, uh, that we were going to get him for the podcast, but that he wasn't going to do uh, any on-camera stuff at the premiere. Like they said, they let it be known, like, hey, heads up. He's going to show up at the premiere and... Uh, and he's gonna do. He's gonna you know, stand for the the cast photo, and then he's gonna go. And we all knew that. And it was, I was so bummed to see so many of the headlines coming out of the premiere of like first premiere since actor strike. Joaquin, you know, burns all reporters, walks by them. And I just kind of wanted to be like, no, he didn't. He he talked to he talked to all of us earlier in the day, and that was the agreement. Yeah. And we all went into. It's, it's not like we were all like. No one. No one. Everyone had their microphones down. When, right. when really was, when Joaquin it. was walking, no one was expecting it. So I would just like to sort of say on the record that like Joaquin didn't burn anybody. He, in fact, actually at the actual junket itself, he added people to his schedule. There were people mm. who went into that junket who weren't expecting to get him and got thrown in. And, and, the, and at the end of the day, they were ecstatically happy. Um, so I would like to just sort of add for context that no, Joaquin Phoenix did not burn anybody at the premiere. He did not walk by and, and screw anybody over. He was very kind. He was very giving with his time. He gave us more time than we were supposed to get. And like I said, added plenty of reporters to, um, to his schedule. So that is the image of Joaquin that I would like to be out there. I love that. I love that. And you know, these two interviews, there's always, um, there's always times where like a director actor pairing in an interview mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I would love to see that. Yeah. And given sort of the, not opposite, but just sort of like the the difference, the juxtaposition in nature of maybe Ridley's energy 
and Joaquin's energy, maybe, especially at the start of an interview. Mm-hmm. I would love if we had the opportunity to sit down with them paired in person, like a Q and A yeah. after a screening or something. For the type of interaction where, like, sure, we're there to ask questions, but a lot of it is like, I just want to sit back and hear them tell yeah, the stories. Well, like, yeah, well, because also, too, you know, when, when you have two people of, of very different energies, you always get curious in regards to, like, whose energy is going to affect who. You always worry, like, is the person with the lesser energy going to bring the higher energy person down? But here's what I can say is that Ridley doesn't seem like the type of person who lets anyone affect his energy. Right. And I really do think that Joaquin has a lot of love and respect for Ridley Scott. So it wouldn't surprise me if Joaquin lifted, not that he needed to, because I think his energy was great in our interview, but like if he even lifted himself up a little bit to match Ridley's energy. That I agree with you. I, I, um, before we sort of knew how everything was going to shake out with this junket, uh, there was a part of me that sort of went, you know, if they paired Joaquin and Ridley, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like I'd yeah. actually kind of love to, cause then you just, it just opens you up to so many gladiator questions. And oh, I bet that's, and, I bet that's uh, why they don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Cause it ends up being, yeah, but, they, but they're, they're the ones that bring up gladiator. Like they're that's the ones, true. you know, they'll be the first that's ones true. to, you know, well, well, you know, we should just, if folks are willing to sit in a theater for five hours, we should just go ahead and get a screening of the director's cut and then sit down with them afterwards. That's what mm-hmm. we'll do. Let's just do that, Jake. Done. Uh, what do you, what do you Done. Think? Done. Um, any final thoughts before I wrap us up? We, if you if you wanted to hear the review of this, like I said, if, if for some reason you missed our Ridley Scott interview, um, check out that episode with Ridley. At the end of that, Jake gives us a wonderful review of the film. I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, he enjoyed a lot of it, and you should definitely see it. Uh, but Jake, any final thoughts about Joaquin, about Napoleon before we sign off? Yeah, I, I guess I just want to end by saying it's specifically because uh, Kevin and Sean couldn't be here that so many of the best aspects of uh, the, the two interviews are yield from questions that they asked. And I feel bad sort of being the person on these two episodes who's kind of the face of this whole experience because I was just a very, a very small part at what was a group Real blend effort, Gabe on the ground, doing a lot of the legwork, getting things, all the logistics figured out for us. Um, and and so by no means is me sort of telling all the stories meant to make this seem like it was the Jake show because some of the best stuff that we got were answers to Kevin's and Sean's questions. Can I? Um, uh, I second that completely. And I, I, I don't remember if I said that at the top of this episode or the end of the last one. Um, but we should have time before the end of the year. You know, we usually have time for a little, uh, some episodes where we can kind of look back and talk about the year. And I think that'll be a great time for us to to pick up with them. Like, it's hopefully by the time you're listening to this, Sean is feeling good. Um, and, and Kevin is Kevin is good. It's just a scheduling issue. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll have time to come back where where the four of us can really dissect it a little bit more, as well as some of the stuff that we've we've um done this year because it's been a crazy sure. year and and i you alluded to this earlier it, it, we still have the year's not over yet and there's still a lot of stuff and there are a lot out. of a lot of big names for movies that haven't come out yet and have come out yet and maybe are making second and third rounds yeah and the award season's just getting started too so yeah. like you know i mean 2024 is yeah gonna, I was like, just because not, we don't get it by december 31st doesn't mean it's not gonna happen yeah that's true this is true well thank you all for listening um if you're you're in the u.s and you celebrate the thanksgiving holiday uh happy holidays to you i hope you had a good time with family hope you're still enjoying some family hope you hoping you haven't been stampeded at a walmart or something you know just buy stuff online <laughs> uh <laughs> and if you are Feel free to come back in a year as a serial killer. There you go. There you go. Hey, hey, Thanksgiving. Um, yes. Thank you all for listening. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your weekends. Uh, we will be back next week. Do I know how or what? No. 
No, I no, never know. No. I Look, we gave you two episodes this week. What do you want? <laughs> yes. We're tired. Thank you for your patience. Thank you all. Uh, we, what, what do we sign this one off with? We are, we are, Thanksgiving. 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 Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.